Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money, the show that tackles the most taboo money topics you're currently thinking about. I'm Nicole Lappin, financial expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And we believe that just because we're socially distancing doesn't mean we need to be financially distancing. Everyone has concerns about money these days, but the biggest problem is not talking about it. So that's why we're back for a bonus season to face these issues and talk about solutions. Because there are solutions. So let's not stress and get through this together. Hey, Nicole. Oh, hey, Jason. How's it going? I'm tired. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I can understand that. At night. Yeah, I have dragged you into wee hour recordings. Uh, I see you usually have wine during this. That's that's what keeps you going. I mean, I feel like there's no other way to have a recording session at midnight. <laughs> yeah, this is on me, and I appreciate you doing this. And I have to tell you the reason that I love recording this. Well, first of all, because I'm two hours behind you, so it's only 8.30. So that's nice for me. But because I have two kids, as you know, and managing them throughout the day has been extremely challenging. And it has left me with what feels like 30% available work time that I used to have. And I was getting really stressed out about that because I just felt like there's never enough time to do things. And I was trying to squeeze as much in as possible. And I was scrambling constantly. And I was obsessing over how not productive I was. And I like value productivity so much. And then it occurred to me a couple weeks in, wait a second, I just need to start thinking about my day differently and that I need to be able to juggle work and kids during the day and then just shift into night because that's time that I have available. And so I've started doing a lot of work at night, which is why I've made you record at night. Yeah. And you've dragged all of us into it. So you've shifted to the night shift, basically. Yeah. And the really valuable thing about it has been that it's allowed me to do focused work. So now I often think of my daytime as time for scrambling things, like things that require just my attention in short bursts. And then the nighttime can be the thing where I settle in for long periods of time and focus. And this is something I know so many people are struggling with. And we got a call from a guy named Mark who has been wrestling with just this thing. Hey, it's Mark from Chicago, Illinois. I run an innovation consultancy, and prior to lockdown, all my time seemed to be really maximized. My calendars were super tightly aligned, but now working at home, I'm really struggling with the personal side of my life as well as the professional side of my life. I have three kids at home ranging in age from 14 going into high school as well as a newborn and a child in the middle. I just recently launched a podcast and trying to juggle all of these projects and and everybody's time that's nagging at me at home is really proven to be a challenge. And I'm wondering how should I go about either maximizing my productivity and allocating my time or, or should I even be bothering thinking about time in the same way I did before the lockdown? So Mark's problems really resonate with me, obviously. How have you been managing this time shift? You know, There are good days and there are bad days. And I'm a big proponent of batching time and coming up with routines and schedules and all that. And I love me some productivity. But you know what? 
I also am trying to be really easy on myself because we're in a global crisis. So just because we have a day or half a day or whatever where we're just not on our A game, it's okay. And I'm just trying to be more gentle on myself about it. I love that you said that because there are two schools of thought about this. And I... I think for my mental health, I wish I could get more to what you were just saying for myself. But instead, what I've been drifting towards is the exact opposite, which I think works for some people, but is not a prescription for everybody. So uh, let me let me tell you like where I've been going. Where I've been going yep. is thinking, this is a giant opportunity. This is a moment in which lots of people need things. And if anybody is in a position to step up and serve those needs, they can reap great rewards. And what does that look like? I don't know. I think at this point, it's a lot about relationship building and establishing trust with an audience or consumers, if that's the kind of business that you're in. So when I see that there's so much need out there for information, for connection, I want to step up and maximize my time. And so what I've started to do is think, okay, this is a great opportunity. And before all of this, I think a lot of people were intimidated to step up to an opportunity because they thought, oh, well, I, I'm, I'm not perfect. I don't have everything right. And you look around, and you see companies that are amazing and people on Instagram who look amazing. And you're like, I don't know if I can be that. And it's a f- scary. But now everything's in the toilet. Perfection, <laughs> impossible right? Perfection's impossible. And so that should be liberating, I feel like, to say, oh, I actually can, with my unkempt hair and my pajama pants, step up and be super valuable to people. I could launch a new company. I could communicate. I could do whatever. Amazing. I want to take advantage of that. But I'm also facing the least amount of time that I have ever had. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I see this huge opportunity, too. So 90% of the time, I really beat myself up about not being productive enough. And you know what? To be fair, 10% of the time, I try to be nice to myself and try to remind myself that these are crazy times and that I don't need to be on top of every single email all the time and do all the things perfectly. But yeah, I definitely feel overwhelmed and have a lot of anxiety about whether or not I'm doing enough to be of service to people who do need financial help and advice. Yeah. So here's something that I have found that's been really useful to me. First of all, before the pandemic, this was valuable advice. And now I'm just stepping up how valuable this is. The advice is say no to things, right? Yes. You and I are both big fans of that. And I have struggled with it quite a lot, but you say no to things. People want your time. You have a limited amount of time. Be protective of that time. It's the greatest resource that you have. And I have found that just being super transparent with people as they approach me for things and just saying, listen, I would love to do that. I have two kids and an ever-growing mountain of work, and I do not have enough time for everything. And I have never once had somebody take offense to that, try to claim my time. Everybody backs off immediately, and they all understand. And that is something that's really, I think, unique to this moment, because when you say no in a pre-pandemic world, you still should because you need to be protective of your time, but you'll still get people who are like bitching and moaning about it and like trying to find ways to grab your time. But now... I think everybody actually understands, and that makes it easier if you're assertive to it to draw those boundaries. Yeah, you can. I mean, listen, I don't have 
two kids, so I don't have that excuse. But I still you love want, you saying want, that. Do you want one of mine? <laughs> yeah, I would love to take one of yours. Yeah, it's great. I'll put them in a FedEx box and send them over. <laughs> yeah, I don't think your wife is going to be down for either of them going in a FedEx it. box. Um, but I don't have kids, and I love saying no. And I don't even come up with those excuses that you do, Jason. I just don't even really feel the need to justify it. Like, mm. I don't have the bandwidth. If you are someone who's like me, I'm not addressing you, Nicole, I'm addressing people who might actually be like me, then you want to save your time, but you also want to give people an excuse. I have a shortcut for you. I have programmed in various sayings onto my phone into my keyword shortcuts, which you can do in the settings of your iPhone. And so I'm look at this right now. Um, if I type in DDD, it immediately auto-populates with, I appreciate the invitation and interest. Unfortunately, my schedule is so tight that I have to decline most opportunities. Wishing you the best. Oh, and so when people reach out to me, God, yeah. When people reach out to me on LinkedIn and they want me to go on their podcast that has like five listeners, I DDD them. And I just, I just do, do, do. And off it goes. I send it back. I have a bunch of these on my phone. It's so easy and simple. And that way you can give people an excuse, but you spend no time doing it. Wow. That is amazing. So you created a shortcut so you didn't have to spend time not offering your time. That's right. That's extremely efficient, Jason. Thank you. So here's here's another thing that I found that was useful as I was kind of struggling with the million things that I was doing. And I feel like this is a very Nicole Lappin idea, which is oh. coming up with groups of things. So I started asking these questions to myself. Number one, how can each hour I spend create the most impact? Number two, which projects just aren't worth the time anymore? And then three, what will set me up for the future where people remember what I did today? Oh. Those three questions, I like wrote them down. And I was like, that is really helping to clarify because I want to maximize my time. Like I need to shove away all the garbage that used to eat up some of my time. And then there are things that I do that just like aren't valuable right now. Like I just don't need to be doing them. I've been seeing a bunch of parents write down like a schedule on a whiteboard or something like that. Like do your chores, eat your peas, whatever it is. And so I made a little one for myself and I wrote a bunch of things so I could look at it every day. And I don't accomplish all of them throughout the day, but they include walk. Walking is useful. TikTok, dance party, oh, deep work. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I, in theory, would love to do every single day. But having that little checkbox makes me feel pretty accomplished. And I also love to have not only a to-do list, but a have-done list. Because I think we can often look at the negative, right? We have this negativity bias in our brains. And so I think sometimes it's nice to, you know, pat yourself on the back. And if you just need a minute or if you're struggling with something that's like really hard stuff, I think it's okay to sit this one out. But be intentional about it. So if your intent is to like make a difference like Jason and BBB and CCC the shit out of your life, then (laughs) Godspeed. But if your intention is to say like, I'm going to take care of myself right now and I'm going to take a pause. The world is taking a beat and I need one too. I was near burnout. I was, you know, really struggling with paying my rent or you know, paying for my kids or whatever, like big, serious stuff, then 
I think it's okay to be really honest with yourself and decide what kind of role you want in this crisis. And it not everybody has to be in the leader role. And in fact, not everybody can be in the leader role. Yeah. By definition, That's, that doesn't work. No, that is true. That's uh, too many leaders in the pandemic is our version of too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't know. The thing that resonated with me the most was just your note about being intentional about it. I, I think part of the problem is that people, they're scrambling and it's almost as if, and I, this is this is exactly how I felt for the first few weeks before I started to make sense of it. It just felt like everything's coming at me so fast that I have no time to think about what it is that I'm doing, and therefore I can't actually make sense of what's important and what's not. And so I was just starting to treat everything as chaos, and that's not good. That's not a good way to be. Uh, you know, I, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. And as long as you have control over that and you have a sense of what your obligations are to yourself as much as to anybody else, then you can start to say, okay, this is what I need. Uh, right now, and this is what I can give right now. And you're right, it doesn't have to be everything. It can't be everything. It's not like this is everybody's one shot. Um, and so I feel like if you can make whatever you can out of this, then that's great. But you, you can make a lot out of every moment now or in the future. You said it perfectly, like the couple weeks of haze and chaos where nobody exactly knew what they were doing and we're all trying to figure out the new normal, which we're still figuring out. You know, I really thought seriously about sitting this one out. And I was like, I was just in the thick of a crazy ass book tour. I'm spent. I maybe need a break because what would happen was I would spin all day and have all this anxiety about getting stuff done. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I didn't get anything done. But if I had gone into the day saying, I'm not going to get shit done today, I'm going to take a walk and I'm going to really enjoy that walk, then at the end, net net, I wouldn't have accomplished anything, but I would have been way happier about it. And so <laughs> if I wasn't going to accomplish something, I wanted to cut that anxiety part out of it and just really lean into the idea that I'm sitting this one out and it's going to be okay. You know, I I decided to not sit this one out. Um, and so the anxiety has come back. But I think that there was definitely that moment where I was like, I need a break. And if I'm not going to accomplish anything because I can't figure out the productivity of this new normal, then I just really should enjoy my day. I should really catch up on the Tiger King. I should really go on a hike. Like I should catch up with all my friends and do things that I really love and enjoy versus just like sitting in front of my computer and stewing and like hyperventilating. Yeah. Um, you can I, I agree with that. Although if you're going to catch up on Tiger King, just skip that last episode because that was garbage. But this is a good lead oh, into man. we haven't actually addressed Mark's question head on, which is that if should he be in the same mindset now? So you came into this with a pre-coronavirus mindset of doing everything all the time. And then you thought maybe I need a, a different mindset. So you know, having gone through that process, you know, what do you say to someone who clearly he's a motivated guy? He's trying to juggle as much as possible. He's got that kind of productivity mindset. Should he hang on to it? Should he try? Is it 
Is it worth it? I don't think that's something that you and I can decide. I think that's something that only Mark can decide. And I think what's really important to accomplish whatever that answer is successfully is to define success. And this is an issue that I ran into during my last book tour where I just never felt like I was successful enough. Like there was never enough. And I didn't clearly define what success was. And so no wonder I was feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm just not doing enough. I'm not going on enough shows. I'm not doing enough promotions and sales and this and that. But I never even went into it saying like, hey, I want X number of sales or hey, I think success would be X number of appearances or whatever. And so I set myself up to fail. And so if you define very clearly and stop changing the goalpost on yourself, like this is the issue I think we we run into where we feel a lot of anxiety around not achieving our goals or not feeling productive is because we don't actually define what that goal is. And so when people tell me like, I'm off budget or I don't feel balanced, I'm like, well, what is your definition of balance? What is, do you even have a budget? (laughs) Like, what are the parameters? And then let's decide, you know, whether or not you feel off balance or feel off budget. But first define what that is very, very clearly for yourself and only for yourself, not for Jason, not for Nicole, only for Mark. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point because if you have defined a goal for yourself, if you have some idea what success looks like for you now, then you can say, okay, well, what do I usually get every day? I get four and a half hours of work unless I drag my podcast co-host into talking to me at 11 p.m. Uh, and then I get a little more. What can I do during those hours to achieve the thing that I have set out to do. And then you can decide what kind of mindset you need. Do you need a mindset that's a little scaled back or do you need a mindset that can still be go, go, go? Um, It's almost as if you need a kind of holistic approach to it or one one thing can't just drag the other. Yeah. And I think you'll never get your brain to the other side of success if you don't define what that is. And if you keep changing the goalpost, because you can't compare yourself even though we all do, to the people on Instagram and say, like, they have it figured out. Okay, well, maybe that's figured out for them or maybe it's a bunch of filters, even with unkempt hair. Fine. (laughs) Like, what does it actually look like for you? Because otherwise, you're never going to feel satisfied and you're never going to feel fulfilled. You're always going to feel like you're not doing enough if you don't stop and say, like, no, you know what? My goals for this time period were to pay my bills, to find a side hustle, and to learn how to bake banana bread or whatever. Like, whatever they are. I don't know how everybody is baking banana bread right now, but like, fine. (laughs) Um, If you say like, that's success to me, then that's success to you. So, (laughs) booyah, you are successful by your own measure. And the truth is like, we're all struggling. That is the big, big payoff. It's totally true. I hope that this conversation has helped people if not be more productive, then at least be okay not being as productive (laughs) because it could go either way. Like you said, it's really all about being intentional about your time. And if you, dear listener, have a question for us, we are here for you. So here's what you do. Take out the phone, open the voice memo app, start recording, tell us who you are, what your question is, keep it to one minute. And then Nicole, what do they email it to? Hush Money Podcast at iHeartMedia.com. There it is. Well, Nicole, I now release you to your evening, however you choose to spend it. Oh, you know how I'm going to spend it. 
You're going to go to bed? Nope. Drinking wine. Yep. Get a few more of those in. It's a Zoom cheers for you. <laughs> and that is Hush Money. Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show. It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram. We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke. And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison. Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hold up. 